I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Good morning, Kingstown Communion. My name is Karen Cunningham. Uh, my husband is John. I have um, two children, Sean, who's 13, and Liam, who is 11. The reading today comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 55. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. 
He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Hey there, friends. It's so good to be with you in worship today, to be with you, Kingstown, of course, but also to be with the virtual community of Rising Hope Mission Church. Thank you so much, Pastor Pastor Cameron and Pastor Carrie, for inviting me to share God's word with your blessed community today. It's good to be with, with you all in this virtual house of the Lord together. Well, it was six years ago now that I sat in a chair opposite the director of, of chaplaincy at Duke Hospital, and I heard the sweetest words that a girl who wants everyone to like her could ever hear. Dr. Don, as we chaplaincy interns called him, said to me, well, Michelle, I believe, I, I believe we've reached the end of our sessions together, and you proved that you were willing to do the work, not just the job, but the work on yourself and you'll be a better pastor for it, I promise. For an hour every week for nine months, I traipsed my way down the long winding halls of Duke Hospital to Dr. Don's office where upon my arrival, he would move from behind the darkness of his desk and come and take a seat across from me in one of two leather chairs and he would click on this, this old stained glass lamp on, on the table between us. And every week I waited for Dr. Don to, to turn on that faithful light, which accompanied by Dr. Don's intense line of questions, felt like it was shining right into me. This light and, and, and Dr. Don would, would peer inside me and assess all those things deep inside me, many of them that were not right, many of them going back all the way to my early childhood, calling them out, pushing on them, massaging them to the surface as he, as he waited with, with, with pad and pencil for me to react. Every time that year I returned to his office, I would wait nervously for that light to be clicked on and angled toward my brokenness. What would he find next, I wondered. No one had ever asked such questions of me. No one had ever prodded at those things deep inside of me. Why I respond the way I do, why I relate the way I do. And I wanted to retreat. I, I wanted to push the light away, but, with, but without clicking on the light between us and without his words and pointed questions shining a light into those places inside me, he wouldn't be able to see what needed healing. And so I opened up and I, and I waited nervously. We're in the season of Advent and at the Kingstown Communion, we have been working our way through a sermon series called Heaven and Nature Sing, where, where we're listening in to heaven and nature and humanity sing their songs this Christmas, filling the night with music and light. 
light has so many connotations, so many uses, doesn't it? Like there's the comforting light that we see illuminating our porch as we arrive home in the darkness. There's, there's the light that's the twinkle in a child's eye as they take in the wonder of the season. There, there's the light of the star that led the shepherds and magi to the newly born Jesus. These are the kind of light that, that bring us that obvious sense of comfort and joy, right? These are the kinds of, of lights that fill us with, with tree-adorned nostalgia and lead us into our verses of, of joy to the world. But light can also be the light that we find in a place like Dr. Don's office. That light that shines into to places that we would would rather keep hidden. The light that shines on our brokenness, the light that reveals and, and uncovers the sort of light that we shy away from for fear of what people will see within us or know about us. The light that teaches us something that we didn't want to know, see something that we didn't want to see about ourselves. This light can be painful. If you've ever kept something about yourself hidden in the darkness, you know what it feels like when light is shed upon that. Now, maybe you chose to step into the light on, on your own, or maybe the light was suddenly turned on your darkest place without your permission, but However it is that you stepped out of the darkness, you know that it comes with this great deal of, of fear and trepidation when light finally shines on our darkened places. You might, you might know well that skip in your chest, that catch in your voice, in your throat, as, as you said to a trusted friend or a trusted spouse or a therapist, this marriage is broken. The depression just won't lift. I lost my job. We are drowning in debt. My child needs help. It's an addiction and I just cannot be free of it. You know what it's like in that beat before the light turns on to that dark place that you've been harboring, that beat when you wonder how you'll be received once that light finally shines. I always happen to think about that beat when I, when I read today's story in Luke. Did you hear it? That, that pause as Mary took a breath and, and raised her hand to knock on Elizabeth's door. Mary, a teenage girl who discovers that she's pregnant with the Messiah and not knowing what else to do, heads straight to the home of her matronly relative, Elizabeth, hoping that she will find a soft place for this news to land. Now, now, because we've heard this story over and over and over again, we fail to realize what courage it must have taken Mary to reveal to Elizabeth the secret that was growing inside her body. We must remember Mary lived in a time when pregnancy outside of marriage was against the law. In fact, it, it was written into the law that Mary's neighbors could have stoned her to death if they chose to or at least throw her out of the community altogether. 
And, and even though she had been told and believed that this child would be the Messiah, we can imagine that Mary would have wanted to keep this a secret, hidden in darkness for fear of what would happen to this baby, for fear of what would happen to her. And so we can only imagine what it must have been like for Mary to travel to Elizabeth, to arrive at her door, to knock and to wait. What it was like to put her hand on her belly, this unwed mother, and wait to see how Elizabeth would respond to this. What would she say? And as we know from the reading, Elizabeth fired up the midnight porch light and put a kettle on the stove and clicked on the stained glass lamp between them and received Mary's news, not with judgment, but with welcome. She celebrated with her and sang with her and invited Mary to stay in safety for the first few months of her pregnancy with her. In the glorious, cinematic, heavenly light of the angels, the obvious Christmas story moment of light and joy, Mary received their message, but notice that's not when Mary sang her song. Have you ever noticed that? No, it wasn't then when the angels appeared, it was in that quiet midnight porch light of truth shined on Mary and her hidden places were laid bare by the lamplight over a pot of tea and she was offered true support and community that Mary sang her song of joy. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my savior. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. A few years ago, I attended a forum for pastors on opioid addiction. As you probably know, opioid addiction is its own kind of pandemic. This epidemic in our state and across our country, the, st the statistics are staggering, the solutions are complicated, and it's, it's only gotten worse during COVID. Like one emergency department in Virginia, only about 45 minutes from, from here reported that cases of opioid-related overdose increased from 102 cases in March to June of 2019 to 229 cases in March to June of 2020. So this is why a few years ago I attended this interdenominational forum for pastors on opioid addiction in Virginia. And when I walked into the room that day, I was, I was pleasantly surprised to see one of my United Methodist colleagues and his wife, Donna. And so I joined them at their table and I soon realized that Donna was, was one of the speakers at the event. Donna stood and, and she shared in this room full of pastors, a story about her son, Andrew who they had discovered just about a year prior had been addicted to prescription painkillers for over 10 years. And they had tried everything that you could think to try, loving conversations, angry, tear-soaked arguments, prayer, rehab, you name it. But the tentacles of addiction are hard 
to unravel and they were helpless as their son continued to struggle with this illness. And then Donna shared that there was a time in the midst of Andrew's illness that she, she couldn't go to sleep at night. She said that she had this irrational thought in her head that if she could just stay up and stay awake that she could pray her son alive throughout the night. And so for months she just just kept staying up and she wouldn't sleep. And she carried this darkness and this fear with her everywhere she went. She carried her child in her heart hoping that by sheer will she could keep him alive. One night she said she attended a Bible study at her husband's church. And you can imagine that the secret of theirs, this place of darkness in their life that Donna might have chosen to keep this kind of hidden from her husband's parishioners, people can be pretty judgmental of, of pastor's pain. Well, she found herself for whatever reason, feeling safe enough to share. Donna felt safe shining a light on her darkness, choosing to share it with another woman who was there at the Bible study that night. And they, they sat in the corner of the church together and Donna poured, over, poured out her heart, poured over the story. And she wept, exhausted, and this friend just, just clicked on the lamplight between them and listened. And she didn't try to fix it. Together, they just let the light shine on this place of fear and worry and pain that had been hidden for so long. When Donna got home that night, she received a text message from that friend and it said, Donna, Donna, go to bed. I'm going to stay up and pray tonight for Andrew. That night, Donna said she slept soundly for the first time in over a year. And the next morning she got up and instead of staring disappointingly at the box of Christmas decorations she refused to open and in the darkness of her life, she began actually pulling out and hanging the garland and finding joy in the memories and humming along without it being forced her own carol of joy. It was when the light of truth shined into Donna's darkness in support and in community that, that, that she felt joy. In just 11 days from now, we're going to gather churches everywhere, Rising Hope, Kingstown, to, to celebrate Mary giving birth to the child that she rejoices over and sings her joy to the world about in, in our gospel reading today. In Spanish, to give birth is dar luz, which literally translates as to give light. Mary gives birth to light. In the first chapter of John, it says that the light came into the world, that that Jesus, it turns out, is just this old stained glass lamp between us and God, peering into our lives and into our hearts and into our souls. And when he shows up, he often shines light into the places we would rather he not. He shines light on the ways we, we spend money or the ways we think about money. 
He shines light on the ways that, that we, we, we treat our neighbors. He shines light on the way we treat ourselves. He shines light on our addictions and our obsessions and our shame, on our fear and on our hopes. And often when he clicks on this light, our first reaction is often to hide, hoping that he won't see the cracks in us. But if we're willing to, to look with him, we see that there's no thing in our dark places so dark that Jesus turns away from it. In fact, in that, that same first chapter of John, we also read that that light shines in the darkness and darkness has not overcome. The darkness that Jesus finds within us cannot extinguish the light that he bears. So friends, in the days to come, may we not just celebrate the birth of this light, but may we open ourselves to it fully without shame, knowing that where this light shines, healing and joy will follow. And we like Mary, magnifying the Lord by lamplight, and we like Donna, sleeping soundly and hanging greens and dawning memories, we may too find a way, even this year, to sing our own rendition of joy to the world. The Lord has come. I offer this to you in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. There is peace at the table of the Lord.